Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hello, Michelle. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Chris? Great. Uh, listeners, uh, Michelle and I are now uh, recording together face-to-face mm-hmm. uh, during the, these interesting times. We are on the COVID-19 protocols are opening up a little bit. And uh, Michelle and I did some Zoom calling. We did, we've been face-to-face a couple of times now. So we're just hanging out in the Training Wheels headquarters <laughs> and recording this episode. Uh, things going okay for you? How was your week? Yeah, it's been going good. It was very busy working on uh, virtual scavenger hunts for facilitators and nice. and uh, lots of virtual client engagements and meetings and phone calls or Zoom calls and so yeah, the Zoom burnout is real, but it is um, it's very alive and well. Yeah, yeah, and and we're transitioning. You and I are both focusing on that next phase of together, but distancing. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of looking at putting things together to help people in that area too. That seems to be next steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. We're sitting here on May 29th. And I don't know when this show is going to air, but it'll be down the road. <laughs> and we just launched the Ask um, Michelle and Chris podcast. And we're very excited. And in just a few days, we're already over 150 yeah. downloads. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's great. It's wonderful. We 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 are here to help. And that's what we're, we'd love to see it get out there. And we'd love to see that uh, this podcast be successful and help team builders learn and grow. That's our goal. Uh, the question today, let's get to the question. Uh, we might go over a little bit just because there's so much to cover, but we try to go about 15 minutes. That's our goal. And if we go over a couple, hopefully you'll forgive us. But if you need to, if you need to leave after 15 minutes, then uh, come back to it a little later. But our question for, for today is, what advice would you give me if I wanted to get more professional development in this field? And Michelle and I figured this field is like team building. Right. Uh, we both cover a lot of ground between a lot of different fields from summer camps you work with. with the corporate industry, yeah. anything. And I, I actually get this question often from people. How do I get better at this? How do I take my skills to the next level? I would say I get this question at least once or twice a month yeah. coming into my to my inbox. And the first response that I always have back is find a mentor. Find somebody, ideally, that is maybe in the same area that you are that you could meet face-to-face. And if that doesn't work, then that's fine, too. You know, now that now that everyone knows what Zoom is, um, it, it, it's going to be much easier for video conferencing right. and things like that. Right. But I would say find a mentor. Find someone that is more advanced in the field that you than what you are. They have more skills in it than what you have right now. And shadow them. Um, check in regularly with them and you basically kind of find a little bit of, of a coach or a mentor. And, you know, for me, mine was Carl Ronke early on in my career. And even before I had training wheels, Carl and I had this fun little pen pal relationship. I first saw him at a conference at an ACA conference, American Camping Association conference. And the organization, the camp I was working for at the time sent me to this. And it was the first time I had ever really been exposed to 
wow, people write books about this stuff. <laughs> and, and so I went to Carl's workshop, I bought his book. And in the back of his book, he actually had his address. Like, I, I don't remember now if it was his home address or what, but I wrote him a letter, like a physical handwritten letter. And I sent him a little prop that I had found that I thought was really fun. And about a week or two later, he wrote me back and I about fainted when I got a letter in the mail from Carl Ronke. And so, so then we, we kind of started this fun little pen pal relationship back and forth, but I would ask questions. He would send back, you know, responses, really thoughtful responses. And I, I couldn't believe I didn't really ask him to be my mentor. He just kind of fell into that role for me. And from there, it just, it blossomed. And eventually we ended up presenting workshops together and that was really fun. And then eventually I actually even uh, was awarded the the Carl Ronke Creativity Award through the Association for Experiential Education back in 2017. And that was, honestly, it was one of the only awards I ever really wanted to receive. So once I got it, I was, I was thrilled. Yeah, me too. Mentors, my colleagues at one of my first jobs working with at-risk kids, they'd been doing it for a while. So I was learning from them, mm-hmm. learning about activities and behavior management, things along that line. So finding someone who's a little bit, at least a little bit ahead of you mm-hmm. on the curve, if you can get together with them face-to-face, it's one of the, the least expensive ways to be able to learn and grow from someone who's in the going in the direction you're going in. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great way to do it. And I like what you're saying about Zoom. Now we can connect with anyone. Mm-hmm. And there are things called mastermind groups yep. where you could just... You don't have to call it that, but you could have a group of people that are willing to get together every now and then. People that you see at conferences once a year, why not do that once a month? Mm-hmm. You know, make an agreement and learn and grow together. That's yeah. a great way. What's another inexpensive way to grow professionally as a team builder? What do you think? I used to host these often and I need to do them more often now, but I used to host what I would call play days with other professionals in the field locally. And I would just invite a bunch of people over to Training Wheels headquarters and I just told everyone, bring a new game you want to try out. Maybe it's something you've been maybe kind of working on that I don't know if this will work or, you know, you want to tweak maybe an oldie but a goodie to see if it will work with a different audience. But get together once every other month or, you know, something like that. Everybody bring a game get together, play for two hours or so. And then afterwards, if you host it in somebody's backyard, just then you can barbecue out together and hang out together afterwards or something like that. It's really inexpensive. You can learn a lot at at absolutely no cost. And it's usually a little bit smaller environment. There's going to be maybe, you know, five to 10 of you. And you can just, you know, take a risk there in a small, more intimate group of facilitators than maybe before you would take it to more of a national stage if you were to go to a conference and submit to uh, present a workshop or something like that. Then, uh, But this small group can be really helpful. Yeah. Wherever you are, is there anybody near you working with you that, that knows about team building activities, doing it well? Get them to find their friends and then also find out in your community through, check out the camps, the retreat centers, even hotels who have... Uh, the resident team builders, Mm -hmm. get to know them or find out about them and see if there's even a network. There's a lot of local networks. I living in Chicago. There was a a local Chicago team builder network, just networking. Yeah. And then getting involved with those people, inviting them to those play dates and, and keeping in touch, keeping in contact. And the next level of that, I mean, you you just mentioned conferences, but then there are so many organizations that 
have annual conferences, but also have regional conferences. So depending on what field you're in, what your target audience or your target field is, whether it be camps, whether it be challenge course, whether it be corporate, um, or if you're a teacher group, you're going to be able to find some conference that probably has an experiential thread to it. Um, and if you don't, then please email us or go to our blogs because we, Chris and I both present at multiple conferences annually and we can help direct you to one that if you're really looking for, like, I just want to learn new games and new activities and, and new ways to integrate this into my current curriculum. There are lots of conferences that cater to experiential-based learning. And we'll put a bunch in the show notes. We'll put kind of the major ones that we know that 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 help team builders get activities and understand how to use activities. So we'll, we'll get a bunch in the yeah. show notes for that. And those are more of an investment because a lot of those have, you know, a, a, maybe a steeper uh, tuition fee to, to attend. So if that's going to be a barrier to entry for you, most conferences do have a service crew of some sort that you could volunteer your time to kind of help put on the conference behind the scenes, be a, a workshop monitor or a room host or something like that, to where then there's either a scholarship to where it's there's no charge for you to attend for your volunteer time or a small, small, much smaller fee. Don't let that be a barrier to entry if you're like, oh, I can't afford to go to all these conferences. There are ways you can figure it out. When I, Before I had training wells, when I was in graduate school, I wanted to go to the AEE conference that was somewhat nearby. I could drive there in a, you know, in a reasonable time frame, but I could not afford the hotel costs and all those other things. So I literally, I packed my tent. I brought my backpack and stove and my ramen noodles. I mean, I was, I was a college kid, so I had no money and could not afford to do these things. So, but I still made it happen because I knew the connections I would make there, the things I would learn there would be so worth it. And it absolutely was. And now I've been to like over 23 or four different AEE conferences. I don't yeah. think I've missed one since. Yeah. The Association for Experiential Education has a, a wide range of opportunities yeah. regionally and, and internationally. Uh, some countries are actually hosting their own kind of AEE conferences, which mm -hmm. is really cool to see. One more opportunity of a conference, there is a local high school that actually does what they call summits. And their students actually present on team building types of topics that they're learning throughout their courses in high school. And then they invite people from different high schools around the area to come to their summit and they present. So what about, you know, hosting your own little conference could be a way to learn and grow as well. Because when we teach, right, when we teach, we learn more. So then we mm -hmm. have to research and go into that. What about, let's do quick, you know, we're already 10 minutes in. It's already, there's so many things to talk about. What about some immediate resources like books? I, mm. Your books, we're going to link to your store in the in the show notes, I've got a store with digital downloads of books. Other than your books that you've written, which are some favorites of mine, what is one right now that you would recommend for everybody to get their hands on it and really help them develop professionally? I think one that comes to mind that it kind of is a little bit of a blueprint, like how do I do this? How do I, how do I maybe, if I wanted to branch out on my own and do more consulting as a team building professional. One book that I wish I would have written, but of course um, he beat me to it, no, <laughs> is uh, Serious Fun by Mark Collard. I think it is, he did such a great job with this book of really, uh, I, I kind of, I, ch I chatted with him one time about how he came up with the idea to write the book. And he said that he just had someone interview him around how do you do what you do? 
because for a lot of us that have been doing it a while, it just now seems it's very innate. Like we just make decisions because of past experiences. But if you're new and you don't have those past experiences, how do you know what to do? He had someone interview him about, well, like, well, first I would do this. He was like, well, wait, why? Why would you do that? Just his process of how he got from concept to the actual finished product, I think is is really cool. And I, and I really like the book. He did a great job with it. Yeah, mine would be Tips and Tools. Uh, and now there's a second edition from Jennifer Stanchfield, and it's the nuance nuances of facilitation. Just thinking about a lot of, like you said, we do that intuitively as we as we learn and grow to be team builders. Jennifer tells us about why we're doing things and and the reasoning behind some of the little tricks that we do or the processes we have in place. She helps explain it a little bit mm-hmm. and things to keep in mind, like where to put your group and where's the sun shining and where's the, where do you think about being in the room and what kind of distractions? So there's enough of that in where you're thinking about a little bit more about the deeper parts of facilitation. And it's a, a good, easy read, but a lot of good information. Yeah. So I definitely would recommend that one. Uh, there's also, what about, um, we were, we were talking about before the show about blogs. Uh, what do you, do you frequent any blogs out there? You have a blog. I do. So we'll link to that. You have a weekly newsletter that goes out. And then I think the main articles or things that you have up front in your newsletter, that goes into your blog, as I understand. If I remember to post it there, yeah, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, any other blogs that you Well, frequent? I do like this blog called the Fun Doing Blog, which is yours. The fun Doing. Okay, yeah. There's <laughs> because that honestly, one. I probably go to your blog for different ideas more than any others outside of my own, of course. I, I kind of know what's there. Sometimes I forget what's there because it's been up for a while. But um, I do go to your blog often. But another one is... Um, is I know that uh, Jen Stanchfield with Experiential Tools, she has one and her blog is very good as well. Yeah, mine are, my fun doing blog is activities. I want that to be a place where a lot of new activities kind of grow there. People submit, I think of things, and then there's uh, four years of old posts that have all activities we've been developing over the years. And then I have one that's on the on team building blog, which is we're focusing now on theoretical things uh, around team building. We, uh, I did a post on what, so what, now what model and the origin of that, uh, posts on how facilitators, uh, focus on programs. You did a, you did a good post about the kinds of team building. So on the on team building blog is about theoretical considerations. Mm. So kind of split those things apart. So if you're interested in one or the other, you can go check those out. And I also know that high five, uh, out in Vermont, I think they're in Vermont, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a good uh, blog, and then their blog is is together with their podcast. So mm-hmm. they also have a podcast, and that segue into podcasts. We mm-hmm. know we have this podcast that's just starting. Hopefully, that will help in professional development. Uh, we also have the On Team Building podcast, where I interview team builders from all over the world. They share their tips and tools and their strategies of things. Do you know of any other podcasts that you listen to? Uh, I know there's one for wilderness stories from the field. It's called, it's actually what they call demystifying wilderness therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's, we've talked about that in some past episodes around adventure based counseling. And there's a little bit for team builders, but if you're in that realm, there's a place to go learn a little bit more. If you're an adventure therapist, how do you use team building and team building activities and things you do in wilderness therapy might might be 
uh, a crossover for learning as well. Mm-hmm. What else? What else do you have? What I about? Let's talk maybe about uh, CEUs and continuing education units or even an advanced degree, because that would also, I think, come along with professional development. Maybe having a degree might advance your career a little bit. Chris and I both went to Minnesota State University at Mankato and got our master's degree in the experiential education program. They now have a PhD program there as well. And there's several other universities across the nation that have experiential education degrees, as well as Project Adventure, who is another great organization in the experiential field that also has opportunities for continuing education units, as well as master's level programs that you can get through them as well. Yeah. And they're they're associated with an accredited college. And a lot of it, you can take their workshops that are held throughout the country in most cases, mostly on the East Coast. And then you apply that towards a graduate degree. And then there's some online courses you would take through that college. Mm-hmm. So there is a way to do an experiential ed or adventure education. I can't, I'm not sure exactly what they call it, but you get a master's through that process. Um, so they're doing a good job putting things online, making it accessible to people who cannot travel as much. So right. I know... Just in this crazy, interesting time, they they had three offerings that were fully online that could give you CEUs or graduate credits if mm-hmm. you needed them. Yeah. Yeah. So there are ways to find that advanced degree, so to speak, yeah. as well. And then if you're just looking for online courses, Chris and I both have, I have my Experiential Facilitation 101 course that is a very robust 65 modules of how to, you know, just the basics of what you need to be, what you need to have as an experiential facilitator. And then I know, Chris, you have several different courses on your site as well. At at this point in time, several is in my mind. I have one so far. It's a school. It's an online school that I plan to populate with a lot of, with free courses and then some paid courses. So we'll give you links in the show notes to both of those areas that you can explore. Those are growing. I know you are working on some more courses. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have some other ideas. We're trying to get those available for the people who just can't travel and get out of town mm-hmm. to learn stuff. Yeah. We want to be able to help you learn and grow as much as we can. We really covered a lot in a short period of time. So if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We're happy to help you in any way you want if you're looking for those professional development opportunities. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building. Team building.